Okay, so welcome everybody. Uh, hope you're well. Uh, yeah, ho hope everyone's fine during this time. Um, yeah, and as you know, we've been hosting a lot of uh, mobile London meetups and I talk today from Neil Jackler. Um, yeah, Neil's an iOS developer. Uh, he's been doing iOS for I think around five years now. But um, yeah, for Neil, the guys who don't know about yourself, um, yeah, just a brief introduction. Cool. Um, so yeah, as Tommy said, I'm a iOS developer. I've been developing for about five, six years. Um, before that, um, came into industry as a QA. Um, and then before that, worked in a pub. Um, I guess one thing for me is that I've not necessarily gone a traditional route um, for iOS, but um, worked in a bunch of uh, agencies, uh, had some pretty cool clients under my name, um, currently working at British Airways. Um, yeah, I think that maybe explains a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Obviously, we're going to go over a few questions now. Um, as you mentioned, you didn't sort of come in the traditional route, as you said. Um, so how did you sort of get to, into learning iOS? What sort of drew you to that in the first place? So um, I was working in a pub originally, and my dad worked for a company called Oxford Metrics Group. Um, and they specify and they basically do a load of work with camera technology and at the time they were trying to do a bit of wearable technology called autographer you might be able to find some ar archives of that online and um they needed an intern and whilst i was working in the pub my my dad basically um got me introduced to like a, a role in a different department he's in procurement and this was as a qa um and I came in and my job was basically to walk around London taking pictures with DSLRs, different types of cameras. And um, then um, and then testing against this this new device is basically a wearable camera, kind of like a GoPro, but just takes photos. And the okay. primary idea was that it would capture the moments that you would miss if you were to get your camera out and take a photo. Um, and as a QA, um, my job was basically just to test it, test um, various parts of the um, image pipeline, um, but then eventually moved into testing the iPhone app that would be paired with the autographer camera. And that started off as kind of like a manual testing role, so write manual testing scripts, and then that developed into an automated testing role, and I had some support from developers that were there. Um, and eventually I, um, I, I started to pick up a lot of the technology that was around. So we used to have things like Google glass hanging around. Um, there was an Android app that was, um, also supporting the autographer device. So, um, I picked that up and started doing some minor bug fixing and my boss kind of saw the interest that I had and we were starting to move towards a V2 of this camera. Um, so I started picking up some Swift development and this is when Swift was in like, you know, 0.5, Swift 0.5, not like a fully developed tool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I started just picking up a little bit of, um, Swift development supported by my uh, manager there. And, um, I probably did about three months of it, came up with some concepts, um, for what the app was going to look like supported by the UX team. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a startup, it was very small, so a lot of opportunity to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
and the the company then then basically folded right so if okay. we had we had a, a company called oxford metric metric metrics group which was like an umbrella and they decided to close the autographer arm um for financial reasons it's like running a startup in london um you know you've got to be successful after a number of years for it to to make some money yeah um and to want to keep it going um and um i got some redundancy money so bought bought a, a laptop a mac and um you know i kind of decided oh i quite like this ios stuff um so i came up with a few proof of co- proof of concept um apps like a few like um just kind of portfolio pieces you know okay. i haven't i haven't got a degree um i don't necessarily have the the career to be able to go for like specific ios jobs at this point so i kind of just stuck my head down and built a few portfolio projects and i sent them out to maybe 50 50 software firms okay. at the time and um, I got one response back, and that was from the first company I ever worked for, which was PageSuite. So I was living in Swindon at the time, commuting to London. And um, I, you know, I hopped on the train, went up there for this interview. And whilst I didn't have like a huge amount of experience um, and you know expertise in software development, I kind of they kind of saw my excitement for iOS at the time and you know these portfolio pieces that they were able to look at code and kind of analyze okay well he's got some kind of fundamental basics here um so yeah I I think the thing thing I learned from that was that you know for a lot of um for a lot for a lot of modern um for a lot of modern modern jobs um let's say for example um music production uh software development um you can become a self-starter um but there's a lot of personal investment time and probably financial if you're buying yourself a laptop or whatever yeah um so yeah that was a really long-winded way of saying um i basically taught myself ios and got a job <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough but yes yeah, obviously you've you you obviously went from one thing to the other and obviously picked up iOS yourself obviously with your passion um and then you mentioned uh, you worked on your own portfolio you you got sort of a few things running and uh, then joined pastry themselves how, how did you obviously find things going into that role was it a long sort of process or obviously the senior portfolio how did you sort of okay so their um their recruitment process was at the time, I don't know what it's like. No, it's it's very quick. So it, was, it moved fast. I went up there, and then I think I took an I had an interview in like December, and then I started on like January the fourth or something like that. Okay. Um, it was a face to face. Um, you know, you do answer some questions on a on a sheet of paper, um, and you show them a couple of projects, and got plenty of stuff to analyze. Um, but after that, it was like cool. Within a, a week, that I knew I had a, a job lined up, yeah. um, and um yeah it was pretty much like go move up to london let's get going do that um the job when you first when i first started well the i guess the first thing you kind of experience and it's a very um common thing in our industry is like a sense of imposter syndrome like i've only got ios like knowledge for you know three months or you know yeah or whatever self-taught and um and you're you're kind of winging it and going off the feedback that of the people that you're working with um so you know you end up putting it like for me i ended up just like grinding in hours of like you know a bug would come in um it wasn't it wasn't exactly agile it'd be like the client wants this you go and do it you fix a bug 
and mm. you just grind for hours and hours and hours and 8 p.m at night 10 p.m at night you go i finally cracked it and um you learn from there um i think you'd describe it as a um tactile learner someone who learns by doing stuff yeah and i think that's the same for a lot of software developers that i can see you have a lot of people that will read stuff be quite theoretical and um there are others that just like to jump into stuff and see how things respond kind of like childlike um uh childlike nature when it comes to like trial and error sort of thing just keep doing yeah. it yeah yeah i guess i'd be curious to know um what kind of you know you as a mobile specialist um for recruitment i guess i'd be interested to know what the the kind of um interest from companies to bring in junior and graduate developers seems to be because i know that there's certainly like a, a very high interest in having like mid to senior developers and leads yeah i i think obviously everything when it comes down to it it's going to depend on the company and what they're ideally looking for it, it comes down to what you're going to be working on and what type of role it is mm. whereas some people look for someone who's maybe got a computer science degree so that'd be like a graduate position mm. there, there's that type of candidate but then there is like yourself someone who's got a bit of experience working on personal projects um someone who's ambitious because it, it isn't all the time about that degree that you do have mm -hmm. um it is sometimes it does come down to seeing that someone has worked on ios apps they've been doing this in their spare time while working on another job shows mm -hmm. that they're committed and like you said yourself you had sort of three sort of apps going on um and, and then they see that it's a, it's a way of them seeing your ability mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day it does come down to like the company and the individual and how sort of driven they are and uh, mm. sort of how much experience that they do have. Mm -hmm. um, like, like I said, one company would be willing to train you, whereas one company may like to see mm. that you've got three months, you understand Swift, or mm. you understand a bit of Objective-C. Mm. So obviously there's different companies that still work with legacy code, ones that are using the latest tech. Obviously with yourself, mm. you said you, you had a bit of Swift knowledge. When you went mm. into sort of page Swift, was that Swift as well? Was that Objective-C? Was that something yeah. you you know what it, they were specifically hiring for swift developers which there were none on the market so it made me i suppose a selling point at that that time mm. um and they were doing a big refactor of their their biggest client newsday's um, mobile app from an objective c app to a swift app and okay. um i suppose a takeaway from that would be if you want to make yourself um desirable it's to pick up technologies which are moving in direction so i suppose like for a new developer now i would probably recommend looking at swift ui as yeah. a, a pretty high priority because i'm now starting to see a lot more of that um, coming out. now coming into the industry as a you know a desire for what we want yeah obviously that was announced last year wasn't it the new swift mm -hmm. ui well what, what are your sort of thoughts on that uh, i've obviously spoken to some companies who are looking to use it in the future a lot of developers are keen to use it what was your opinion on that one um you know what I think um, the move towards declarative UI um, is the, where the whole industry is going. So it has a similar style to Flutter. Um, and I guess, you know, the closer we can get to, um, you know, people being able to hop between different languages and code bases, the better. Um, I think it reads well. I think at the moment it's not going to be picked up now thoroughly for another few years. So much mm -hmm. like we saw, say, for example, Swift, the move to Swift was what, like, it took maybe about five years to come into more predominantly Swift code bases. Properly. And even still yeah. now, there's like Objective C mm, hanging yeah, around quite a lot. Um, so, I'm, you know, for, with, with British Airways, we're kind of, we're operating in an environment where we've got, you know, 10 year old 
Objective-C code. And there's also, um, you know, some more, we, we move towards Swift whenever we do build something new, but you almost, you have to kind of understand what your requirements are for a task that you're doing before you decide to do, um, you know, write something in Swift or carry on with the Objective-C. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think I think that stuff will continue for, for a yeah. while. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. certainly the move towards Swift UI, I think, is important and, you know, it makes things a little bit more uniform. So definitely something maybe worth looking into over the next few years for people if they're looking to speed this up. Definitely worth something to sure. sort of take and bear in mind. Um, yeah, so I think the next question I'll probably have yourself within your career, obviously being self-taught, is there any sort of struggles you, you, you've sort of had, like when applying for roles? What, what sort of things have you come up against and sort of overcome? Yeah. So I think... Um, I mean, I guess, you know, when I first started off going for an iOS job, it was whatever one I could get. Yeah. Um, and probably similar approach to the next couple of roles, maybe. It was kind of just trying to go to something new. Hmm. Um, I would say for the, the, the follow-up role after that, um, which I believe was for a company called Fat Unicorn. Yeah. Which is a small digital agency um in events and um i think for me struggles i found were when applying for places um you might get ghosted because your <laughs> because your experience um you know isn't isn't what people desire you know i only had two ex years experience then and to be honest the amount of callbacks then i wasn't getting a lot after two yeah. years of experience um i think um other things for me are, it's really competitive. Um, so you do have a lot of people with the five to 10 year experience, um, especially contractors. Mm -hmm. And so if you're someone with two years trying to go against that, you might not have, um, you know, you, those roles which are more like maybe for a mid-level developer, which are in like a 50K mark, they won't really be available, available to you. So you, you, know, you, you, I certainly had to aim for like the lower band of pay at the time. Um, I also learned that I think I had to like cater my CV for the client. So okay. yeah. say for example, I was going for, I, I did a role at Made by Fire and um, which was an agency and they, they did, they, they mainly had a, a client that were doing a, a, an IOT product and exactly. Bluetooth was a core part of that. I had minimal Bluetooth. I had some, in fact, I had some Bluetooth experience at this point from Fat Unicorn. So highlighting that stuff on my CV was really important um, mm -hmm. and making sure that they're aware of that. So it's nice to be able to draw experiences from different things you've done. Yeah. Um, I suppose if I was some someone that was kind of looking for my first or second, maybe even third role now, um, I would be trying to pick up as many um, newer frameworks, whether it be SwiftUI, uh, whether it be something to do with um, AR, uh, maybe more of the Apple TV stuff, um, mm. basically trying to branch out on making yourself more sellable in a way, getting a, a wider range of experience. Um, yeah. One thing I also found as a problem was the um, the tests that I would come into might differ from company to company. Um, yeah, definitely. So like one company might, take you through um just an online platform where you answer a bunch of questions one might be hey we want you to do this test um one i turned up for and they didn't give me any information as to what i was doing and suddenly i'm 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 in a meeting room trying to 
um, basically draw out a technical design for a payments platform, which I'd never done at the time. I never had the, I guess, what I felt was I'd never had the opportunity to um, research that. And yeah. um, you can get a bit blindsided when it comes to that. So I think having, being informed as to what you're doing before is helpful. Equally from an employer's perspective, I think it's their due diligence to make sure that they know that you might be prepared for that role. Um, mm. So I guess in that case, before I turned up to the interview, it would have been nice if they had asked me, hey, have you got much experience in payments? In which I would have said no. No, so they understand um, the test could have been sort of the yeah. durability sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, you know, I, you know they, I just wouldn't be invited for the second interview. Um, you know, I think one of the other issues that I, I've definitely come across is you get given tests, um, technical tests, which take maybe three days sometimes. And they'll say yeah. on them, yeah, it takes, it should take four hours, four hours. And it take and it's like a three day thing to really get it to up to where you want it to be. Cause everyone takes a little bit more time because they want it to be perfect. Um, and there've been, I think an issue with this is you can spend three days on something and not have proficient feedback. Um, I do actually have an example here, which I'll come up to later. Um, yeah. of what I received as good feedback from a, from a company. Um, yeah. But, um, and I guess one thing that I eventually also learned to look at was um, Glassdoor do a, um, do like a, a section where, where they show technical interviews. So they, they, they let you know this company did this type of interview, this company did this type of interview. So you can almost like preempt what you're going to get. So you can prepare yeah. a little bit, do your homework. Um, equally, um, you know, a recruiter is a, a good source of knowledge. If you're going through a recruiter, um, they can be they can be like, okay, well, this is the stuff you're going to come up to. These are the things that people struggled with, or this is specifically what yeah. they're looking for. Um, and that you know that helps both sides. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. A lot from a recruiter's side, that they probably have other other candidates or even a different section of the business, so they know what they obviously look out for. Um, what what sort of people have fallen back on before, and they can give you that best knowledge. I didn't actually know about the glass door thing. Um, yeah, that, that's a new one for me. I didn't know that uh, mm. they have something like that. Mm. Um, you, you mentioned there, obviously, towards the end as well, feedback. Um, so over the times you've been interviewing, you, you've had positive, negative feedback. How, how do you sort of take feedback on board? Like you said, you've got some positive feedback for, mm. from an employer. How did that help yourself? And So I think, like... Um... So I think one of the, so some of the core problems with the feedback that I have with the, that you can get, if you're applying for loads of jobs, you have to deal with a lot of rejection. Um, or you might have to deal with a lot of rejection. You might just be perfect. Um, <laughs> but, um, and you might be, as I previously mentioned, you might get ghosted though. Those, those both suck. Rejection's okay. If um, there's thorough feedback. So um, yes. certainly like with so the example i got here is actually from 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 just eat right okay. and this is from like 2016 2015 mm. and what they've done is they've they've highlighted um a, a, a few good things and then they've gone into okay these are the things you want to improve um so i guess the example here i've got is um they've said hey neil both test task uh, and the question answer they're good they don't present any um errors or at least any major errors, right? So that's kind of nice, a little bit of feedback. You know, it, you didn't you didn't try too bad on this. Um, then they then they go to um, okay, here's the things you can improve, and they say, um, you know, this lacks utility of solid principles. So um, what they've done is highlighted 
a key a specific problem um which i as an individual can go in and then address um and uh they've even gone into detail to like specifics so let's say um you know they say it lacks utility of solid principles i might be like oh i don't really understand what that means well they've gone in and they've gone and they've said more specifically in particular there was a lack of design around view controllers and uh they simply to ha handle too much work the fe table view controller doesn't provide the logic for displaying the data uh which is implemented in the subclass blah 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 um what that allows me then to do is see specifically what the what the issue is and address that and learn for next time yeah. um in and digital which is the agency i work for now um yep. we have a culture of really drilling in feedback and doing it a lot so mm -hmm. one of the things we'll do when we first get introduced to the company is um a session called feedback 101 we do like a little boot camp and as part of that they provide a framework which i think is really common which is the, the star framework so situation task actions results and resolution right so yeah. the idea here is that if you're going to give feedback to someone if you or if you're going to receive feedback ideally it's in this format um and you know this just eat example applies some of that so they've got the situation they're like okay in this view controller um your this is this is what you're sorry the situation is you you've done this test the task is um the test or application that i had to make the action here that i've done is that i've made this table view controller a little bit too heavy a little bit too blurry um and they've they've said okay well this as a result makes it not really easy to read um and you know you and it's not you know it's not solid basically the and then they say as a resolution you can look at solid principles you could try separating these view controllers out into view models um and you know that gives me a really great starting block to to move on and progress myself yeah um, um i've tried to skim this down a little bit so i think like i've i think star is is a good good framework i mm -hmm. go for something i go for three points um just make a clear delta which is um this is the specific issue uh what's the impact of it because of this specific issue um your your code is going to break in this position um and suggest a route to resolution why don't you try applying the solid principle so i think um i think for me having like a well formatted um a well formatted set of feedback helps me as an individual it's also good for the company um from a reputation standpoint so yeah i think i think for me there's a there's a bunch of stuff around that which is which i think a lot of companies don't do i've certainly had it where i've spent a bunch of days on the test and i've been ghosted and yeah. um equally i've been there's there's also an air of subjectivity um sometimes so in software development you know we've got about 10 ways um of approaching one single problem say for example architecture a lot of people will say mvc mvvm um viper you know etc um you know these can all handle different issues but sometimes it comes down to a preference what people are used to what people want to see um and there has been definitely cases of that for for companies so i think trying to make um feedback as objective as possible is very important as well
Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps both people. Like you say, it's it's good from the company side of view and it's good for the developer as well to obviously understand where they, they, they can improve sort of going forward. They might not be the right person for that company, but uh, at least they'll know what they have to do for next sort of tests and things coming up. Um, obviously, with yourself, um, being at a digital now, obviously five years experience, have you ever, do you get involved with interviews? Have you interviewed over the past like different candidates? How, how have you found that? And have you sort of used your approaches in things or how you find it interview people? Yeah, absolutely. So we, so I do a lot of technical interviews, certainly for okay. contractors that, that come in. Um, yeah, it's the same approach. Um, our technical interviews are chats with, um, when it comes to contractors, um, yeah. because you, you rely on a little, a little bit more of the wealth of experience that they've got and the feedback that they've had from other clients. Um, and you, usually you need a contract from quite quickly. Um, so I think there have been cases where we've, we've, we've rejected a, uh, a potential um, candidate. And it's the same thing. It's like, we, I, would, I would definitely structure it like, hey, look, these are the things that are great that you've done. These are the things that I think maybe don't suit, uh, maybe don't suit our environment. Could be experienced things. Yeah. Like Br British Airways, for example, have like a, a quite a big checklist of things that they want from a developer. Um, and, you know, as the agency or professional services uh, here, we kind of, we try and make sure that we bring in the, the, the kind of cream of the crop for that. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, feedback isn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily things you can improve. Sometimes it is an experiential thing. It could be that, mm. hey, look, we're looking for more people from a previous travel company. It could be that we, uh, we want people with more, networking uh, layer experience and um you know that's you know so yeah you know you need the right people in for the job sometimes yeah yeah no no 100 percent. yeah i think that that sort of answers it from that side i think uh obviously throughout this talk you've sort of hit a good few points so especially for people who may be coming from the same sort of background who are sort of learning ios as sort of like a passion at first and i think it mm. sort of helps them understand how well, obviously building a portfolio and things like that definitely help when uh, sort of interviewing and trying to get on that first role. Um, yeah, I, I agree with sort of the points that you say with feedback obviously helps the developer and uh, is obviously good for the company as well because at least then it tells them how, how they can obviously improve. But um, yeah, Neil, I want to say obviously thanks for taking sort of the time out today. Re re really appreciate that. Um, obviously, yeah, I'll share this with the guys so they can sort of see, see this and watch this back. But um, yeah, yeah, I want to say thank you and um, yeah, obviously take care and all the best. Nice one, mate. Catch you later. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.